Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com or at filmintuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen. 2020 is, to quote my friend Blake Howard, a shit show. So who wouldn't want to escape this year if it were at all possible? I can't think of anybody who'd be like, you know, I really want to go to 2020 because that was fun. So for this week's episode of Watch with Jen, I am taking the suggestion that a Patreon subscriber, Jacob Rivera, made to take a look at time travel movies. Specifically, not like Back to the Future or The Terminator or the obvious ones, but time travel movies that most people may not have seen. It was supposed to just be a segment because he's at the level of Patreon subscriber where I can dedicate a segment to one of his ideas. He sent me like five, they were all good. And I struggled with which one to choose, but with a little bit of time, I thought this one made the most sense for this year and this moment. And as I started to make a list of all of the different time travel movies available that I wanted to mention or recommend, I came up with way too many. So many, in fact, that this isn't a traditional episode. I'm not going to just highlight five movies and talk probably way too long about each one. I'm going to touch on several films, ones that I personally would recommend you check out, a few that might not be perfect, but they're sure fun and they fit the topic, and hopefully give you some good ideas of movies to watch. So let's dive in and get the hell out of this year, shall we? Okay, not that I really needed an excuse to talk about this movie because I will talk about it at the drop of a hat. Somebody could even just mention one of the actors or one of the themes in the movie or even New York City and I might just go off on this film because it's one of my favorites. But now that I have an actual excuse, like, well, you know, subscriber requested it, so I guess I have to talk about one of my favorite movies. You're damn right I'm going to. So for this week's first movie that I cannot recommend enough, and if you know me in real life, I've probably made you watch this movie or I've physically put the disc in your hands and like just forced you to watch it is Happy Accidents from the year 2000, writer-director Brad Anderson. I actually talked about Brad Anderson a few weeks back when I recommended his neo-noir Trans-Siberian. Brad is probably most famous for The Machinist with Christian Bale, which is a wonderfully dark, twisted, dystopian movie that critics loved and well-deservedly so. It is tough to watch. Try watching that one with like Darren Aronofsky's Pie, and then boy, that would be a dark day. But as good as The Machinist is, I kind of like Brad Anderson's romantic side. Next Stop Wonderland, which was, I believe, his first movie with Hope Davis in the late 90s, which I just adored. And then this one from 2000. Happy Accidents is available right now on Hulu, which gives me another excuse to bring it up. The film stars Marissa Tomei, who I think is one of our greatest actresses. 
I will go to the mat and say, yes, she definitely did deserve the Oscar for My Cousin Vinny, so don't even come to me with that. And also stars Vincent D'Onofrio, who is a treasure as well. In the movie, Marissa Tomei plays Ruby Weaver, a woman who's a recovering codependent with self-esteem issues and a big, long history of failed relationships with men, men who have done her wrong. She kind of chooses the wrong men, so it's a little bit of self-sabotage. And then in the park, she meets a man who she's instantly smitten by, who seems gentle and kind, and that's D'Onofrio's Sam Deed. A relationship begins between the two, but then weird little inconsistencies start cropping up. There's things he doesn't know. He has strange obsessions. And finally, these sort of culminate in him being forced to tell her why he has all of these odd little peccadillos. And it's because, as he claims, he is from the year 2470, a back traveler from the coast of Iowa. I believe it's the Pacific coast of Iowa, I think is what he calls it. I don't know. It's one of the oceans. It's hilarious. But he says he's from that far into the future. So immediately... She thinks this is the end of that relationship, but as crazy as she believes he is, she is crazy about him. And since her mother tells her that it's better to feel too much or love too much than too little, she has to ask herself not only if their relationship can work, but also if she loves him enough that she actually believes him. So it's a really interesting movie. On the surface, it's a great romantic comedy, but there is this cool little element of time travel or the question of time travel, a little sci-fi quality that is just sort of running throughout the movie. And it's a delight. It's a great independent movie, and I think you will really enjoy it right now because things are so dark and they are so dire and we don't know what is going on next. It's like, what more can we pile on to this car crash of a year? And sometimes we need the escape and this movie completely offers it. So I'm sending it to you with love and I hope you enjoy it. Continuing on in our romantic comedies involving time travel, sort of subgenre of this topic, I would like to jump to Colin Trevorrow's Safety Not Guaranteed, which came out in 2012 and stars Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass. The film was written by Derek Connolly, who, along with Colin Trevorrow, also wrote the Jurassic World movies. Colin directed the first Jurassic World film, or I should say they co-wrote it along with others. So this was kind of their launching pad, so to speak. The film's script by Derek Connolly won the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award at Sundance, and it was inspired by a joke classified ad that ran in a magazine in the late 1990s. In the film, writers at Seattle Magazine come across an ad that has been placed that reads, Wanted, somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. 
it lists a P.O. box and then adds, you'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. I have only done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. Of course, they think it's just a blast and are completely having fun with it. All of the cynical writers, as you would, just imagine that this guy is bananas or can't imagine who would place such an ad. And a writer pitches this for a story idea, gets approval. Basically, it was a facade, though. He's using it as cover because an old girlfriend that he used to have lives in the area and he wanted to look her up. So it gives him an excuse to be there. Meanwhile, though, Aubrey Plaza, who's an intern at the magazine, actually finds out who placed the ad in the form of Mark Duplass, a grocery store clerk. And she finds herself going undercover and getting to know him. But more than that, also becoming charmed by him and a relationship starts to develop between the two. Just like in Happy Accidents, can this relationship work? He truly believes that they are going to just magically go back in time. Is he, just as Sam Deed in Happy Accidents was, just completely off his rocker? Or is he onto something just like Sam Deed? These movies sort of go very well hand in hand. You could watch them back to back. And it's an interesting little movie. It is strange. It's an indie, but it's completely guileless and it sneaks up on you. And the ending is really something special. So I urge you to seek out Safety Not Guaranteed. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere for free right now, but you should be able to rent it at a number of different retailers. I've thought a lot about what my favorite Tony Scott movie is. Over the years, I've mostly always said Crimson Tide because I think that is completely great. I think the acting is top-notch, the writing is terrific, and it always struck me as very inherently Tony Scott. It kind of involves all of his favorite little obsessions. But it's sort of like the academic answer. If you ask me emotionally what my favorite one is, honestly, it is probably Deja Vu from 2006, which is now available on Cinemax. The film was written by Bill Marsili or Marsili and Terry Rossio. Terry wrote or co-wrote Aladdin, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and Shrek. So there's a lot of imagination behind the movie. It stars Denzel Washington, Paula Patton, who I firmly believe should have a bigger career than she does, Val Kilmer, Jim Cavazil, who's going to star in another movie I'm going to talk about today, and Adam Goldberg. It was shot in New Orleans just after Hurricane Katrina, and it revolves around an ATF agent, played by Denzel Washington, who travels back in time in an attempt to prevent a domestic terrorist attack on a ferry on Mardi Gras 
in New Orleans. The ferry is carrying hundreds of Navy sailors and their families, and they're coming from the base. So it was quite a high-value target for terrorists to hit, and they're putting all of their resources into figuring out what went wrong. Adam Goldberg is a scientist who's created a program called Snow White that allows him to look in the past, and as he does, he can go a few days in, he falls in love with one of the women who was killed in the explosion, played by Paula Patton, who may in fact hold the key to the entire event. It has one of the best chase scenes that Tony Scott has ever directed, one of the most intense. There's an entire sequence on the ferry laid into the picture that's really just mind-blowingly intense. And it also works in one of my favorite songs by the Beach Boys, Don't Worry Baby. The movie is beautifully shot. It is very energetic, very surprising. And while, of course, you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, well, okay, a lot, we're dealing with time travel here, it is well worth it. And I think if you're a fan of Tony Scott, or even if you're just a fan of Denzel Washington or any of the other actors involved, you will really dig watching Deja Vu. So check it out. And much like Deja Vu, the next few films belong to that subgenre of time travel movie where people are going back to stop something bad from happening. And for starters, there is Source Code, which is a 2011 film from the talented director of Moon, which I very much recommend with Sam Rockwell. That director is Duncan Jones. Source Code was written by Ben Ripley, and the film stars Jake Gyllenhaal as an army pilot who was a veteran of the Afghanistan war, and he wakes up on a commuter train that's traveling into Chicago, and it's about to blow up. For some reason, however, he is not, when he wakes up, in the body of himself as this army pilot. He is sort of recognizable only as a school teacher on the train, sort of undercover, playing the part of somebody who died in the explosion. And he tries to figure out what happened and how to stop this horrific bombing from taking place in, I believe, eight-minute increments. It's been a while since I saw the film last, but that does seem to jog a memory, so do forgive me if I'm wrong. As he does this and plays detective around the train, we see some of the same individuals from different vantage points. And the cast also includes, besides Hall, who is always great, Michelle Monaghan, one of my favorites, Vera Farmiga, and also the incomparable Jeffrey Wright. This is a truly engaging thriller with plenty of twists great special effects, and a nice little eerie undercurrent of paranoia that kind of creeps through. The next movie takes that sense of paranoia even further, and I think that's inherent in the genre, which is sort of synonymous with Philip K. Dick 
and the mind of Philip K. Dick from Blade Runner and Minority Report and all of the works that he came up with, there is this great sort of tradition of dystopian time travel movies. And the next one is one of the best in recent memory. And that is Looper from 2012, writer-director Ryan Johnson. Ryan is that rare filmmaker who's never missed. Every film, starting, of course, with Brick, all the way up through Knives Out, has been ingenious and enjoyable. And while I think Looper has gained a following over the years as he's become more popular, especially after the Star Wars film he made, The Last Jedi... But I still wanted to point it out in case it has escaped you somehow. Looper stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, Emily Blunt, Paul Dano, Noah Sagan, Piper Parabo, and Jeff Daniels. So it's got quite a good cast there. It is a futuristic thriller wherein time travel exists, but it is illegal and it's only available on the black market. When the Kansas City mob wants to get rid of someone, they send their target back into the past, where a hired gun, 25-year-old Joe, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is waiting to pull the trigger. Then one day, the Kansas City mob decides to close the loop, and they send back Joe's future self for assassination. That, of course, is played by Bruce Willis, who starts to escape. It is a complex, dark movie. It involves alternate timelines, and there's this whole intricate world that Ryan Johnson has crafted that is really intriguing because... This genre in particular is completely susceptible to plot holes or people just changing the rules of time travel. Recently, when I was preparing this, I rewatched About Time, the Richard Curtis film, which is enjoyable, it's sweet, but the rules that they painstakingly set up right at the beginning of the movie just completely are thrown out of the window in the last act new things are suddenly okay, and it just, even though you're trying to just completely take the movie as it comes, there's too many logical inconsistencies that sort of fights against everything that we'd seen before, so it's a little bit too distracting. But what I admire so much about Looper is you can tell that Johnson really paid strict attention to, okay, I'm writing this, the rules are A, B, and C, and that's all she wrote. It is very impressive as a writer, and as a film fan, you're just then left to go along for this intense ride, and you know you're in good hands, and the cast is magnificent. So check out Looper, you can't go wrong with that one. Our next movie came out in 2000. It was very critically well-received the year it came out, but nobody ever talks about this. It was remade as a TV series in 2013 by The CW, short-lived. But there is no substitute 
for the original movie, which came out in 2000, I am talking about director Gregory Hoblet's Frequency, which you can find right now on Cinemax. Gregory Hoblet had a very impressive career there in the era. He made Primal Fear, which was a smash hit, and completely launched Edward Norton's career. He made Fallen, which made everyone suddenly very scared of the song Time is on My Side by the Rolling Stones. The film had Denzel Washington and Elias Cotias, who I love, and just scared the hell out of me. It was really good. And then Hoblet also made Heart's War with Bruce Willis, which was fairly good, and also Fracture with Anthony Hopkins and Ryan Gosling, which kind of gets a bad rap. People are like, it's Primal Fear Part 2 or whatever, but it hooked me. I was a fan. Frequency was written by none other than Toby Emmerich, who started as a music supervisor, and then he was also a music executive. He wrote this movie, also produced it, and eventually, of course, became Toby Emmerich super producer. Frequency is set in dual timelines of 1969 and 1999 New York, where when discussing the World Series that was played the year of 1969 by the Mets, A ham radio operator in 99, NYPD detective played by Jim Cavazil, realizes that he is talking to his father, Dennis Quaid, an FDNY firefighter who died in 69 in a warehouse fire under suspicious circumstances. So knowing that this is coming up in the man's life, when he finally gets to talk to the father, who died when he was so young, Cavazil takes it upon himself to try to solve the case. The film co-stars Andre Brower, Noah Emmerich, who I'm a huge fan of, Elizabeth Mitchell, and a young Michael Cera. It feels a little bit like a thriller version of Back to the Future in places, even though he's not you know, going back 88 miles an hour and hanging out with dad or anything like that. But it takes the time travel conceit and does some really inventive things with it and completely pulls you in for its entire running time. So be sure to look up Frequency. There are so many other time travel thrillers, dystopian ones, that I could recommend. Especially those based on the work of Philip K. Dick. Not his biggies, of course, Blade Runner, Minority Report, everybody knows those. But there are a few that, while not perfect movies, are still well worth checking out. These include Paycheck from director John Woo with Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman, which is kind of cool. It's sort of if Hitchcock were to direct a Philip K. Dick movie, and Woo is a big fan of Hitch, so it's a nice little marriage of all of the different styles there. There is Lee Tamahori's Next with Nicolas Cage, Julianne Moore, and Jessica Biel. No, this is not a masterpiece, 
but it's damn entertaining. I mean, it would be entertaining even if it weren't interesting and not based on a cool little Philip K. Dick plot because I can watch Nicolas Cage in anything. He could just, you know, read the phone book. It's an old phrase, but he really could. Or paint a house and I would just watch it dry if he's in there doing Nicolas Cage-like stuff. But it was better than I thought it would be. No, this is not one I'm going to, like, spend a lot of time on and say you must watch next. But if it's on, give it a try because you could do worse. Also, there is George Nolfi's The Adjustment Bureau, which is based on a Philip K. Dick story, as are the others. This one stars Matt Damon and Looper's Emily Blunt. So she and Jim Cavazil are kind of the go-to cast members here for time travel movies, it looks like. The film has a great style. It's visually interesting. And this one is also kind of like Looper and Deja Vu, starting to gain a little bit of critical reappraisement. So, you know, check it out and you can be on the ground floor of, hey, the Adjustment Bureau is actually pretty darn good. Of course, there are a lot of romances that involve time travel, classics like Somewhere in Time, and modern movies, including The Time Traveler's Wife with Rachel McAdams, who is also in About Time, so she must be a little bit drawn to these as well. But I'd like to wrap up by talking about a few comedies that play with time, which are also great. Everyone knows about Groundhog Day, of course, and Sliding Doors, which I love. And I thought about including here, but it's not really time travel in the literal sense, as it is a movie about different timelines of a person's life and takes a sort of philosophical approach to if you make this decision this will happen kind of an existential movie if you will but I thought I might do that movie later and talk about sliding doors and dedicate some time to it so we're gonna set that one aside but if you're looking for one to watch with the family or just on a Saturday night or something for mindless entertainment And you've already checked out, of course, Happy Accidents, which isn't for the kids, but Safety Not Guaranteed as well. If you've watched those, I hope you will have seen this one because it's wonderful. But think about introducing to your kids 13 Going on 30 by director Gary Winnick, starring Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo and Judy Greer. I love that movie unabashedly, unreservedly. I honestly prefer it to Penny Marshall's Big, and I'm a fan of that film, of course. But there's something really sweet about 13 Going on 30. It doesn't have some of the more cynical edges of Big, including the need to somehow make this kid in Tom Hanks' body, like, lose his virginity, which was... A little strange, I will admit. I mean, Tom Hanks kills, and it's hilarious. But I remember thinking, like, that was an interesting choice. And a couple other things in the film involving his co-workers. And 
was a little different for a family film, so to speak. I remember even as a kid kind of wondering about that. But 13 going on 30 is far easier to show to the kids because it all boils down to making good decisions about treating your friends well or sticking up for them and sort of the person you become is based on decisions. Hey, you can get existential about this movie as well, or you can just watch it and enjoy it. But do not discount this one because it's very good. Another movie, and this one is probably far more obscure, it did not do very well in the theater, is John Turtletaub's Disney's The Kid from 2000, which also stars Bruce Willis from Looper. Boy, we're starting to realize how many stars dig these kinds of plot lines. That movie was written by Audrey Wells, who wrote Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is a terrific romantic comedy, one of my favorites. It's based on Cyrano. Audrey Wells, the late, great Audrey Wells, also made Guinevere, which is very good, and Under the Tuscan Sun. So this one is not as famous as Tuscan Sun and, of course, Truth About Cats and Dogs. But Disney's The Kid is sweet. It's another one where you get to take a look at the slick, cynical character played by Bruce Willis comes face to face with his young self and has to ask how he got like that. It also co-stars the adorable Emily Mortimer, who I always love. And it's another one you can watch with your family. So you might want to look that one up as well. I'm guessing it's probably on Disney Plus, hopefully. Obviously, there are many more movies that I am not getting to today. And just like Sliding Doors, there are some other ones that I might recommend in the future, but this is a good start. I didn't want to overwhelm you or mention every single movie off the top of my head that involves some sort of time travel. I was mostly looking for ones I would recommend, a few you might be surprised by or hopefully haven't heard of or maybe forgot about. So do check that out. Get out of your head and get out of 2020 for a while. So I want to thank Jacob Rivera for being a loyal patron. He's also a subscriber who's watched almost every single movie that I've recommended on Watch With Jen, which is incredible and kind of crazy because I don't think all of these are going to appeal to every single viewer. So it's very kind of him to give them a chance. And... If you would like me to dedicate a special topics episode or even just a segment, this started as a segment and then sort of blossomed into an episode the more I started thinking about it, do check out the various tiers available. I'm also going to be doing some more letterbox lists and Twitter threads and other requests that I've received from patrons on some of the higher tiers as well. So I want to thank all of you for subscribing and those who even aren't subscribers who are just listening. Thank you as well for 
not shutting this off and hopefully enjoying it. So have a good rest of your week. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. I am Jen Johans at filmintuition.com or Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen.